to the DMF. I am your host, Justin Yachts, and this is episode 94. And I want to say this is going to be an interesting uh, episode. Is um, I don't have any books for this one. So I'm going to talk about my, um, well, my performances have begun. Um, I'm going to talk about um, the film Tomcats. I'm going to talk about politics. I'm going to talk about the Nevers episode three. And we will end with a quote. So stay tuned. Wow, this has been a whirlwind of a week. Um, just a lot of stuff going on. Um, but we I finally opened. Midsummer Night's Dream opened. Dorian Gray ended up being delayed. Because, um, unfortunately, we, we just need more time to really, you know, put it down. Um, we were going to do this live, but, you know, now we're going... When we went into the taping version... Also, the director, you know, he's a student. He has a lot of work to do um, because he's about to graduate. I mean, a lot of things are happening here. So I think it's for the best. Um, so that's still coming in June. But, you know, it's good. Now I, I was able to get this um, A Midsummer Night's Dream under my belt. And we did the first three performances. I really liked them. I thought they, I, th I thought I, you know, set out. I nailed what I set out to do. Um, next week, I've got the 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 second um, version of it, as we're in another place, which will be kind of interesting. So I have a different dynamic. Um, we were at a place called the Raptor Center, which is where um, birds are, and that was really cool because um, it had that Shakespeare in the Park feel. You had all these little big trees and stuff, um, but. I'm just happy that, you know, I got those first three performances done. Um, yeah, I wasn't able to get books done. I was able to get some reviews on some things. But, you know, as I said, it's very hard for me because I always have to listen to everything that I post. You know, I, I don't just put something out there. I always, you know, and I'm always trying to think of new ways to make this better. Um, I discussed with a friend of mine, I think we're going to go through uh, phase one, phase two, phase three, and discuss our predictions for phase four of the MCU. So that should be coming soon. Um, I think what I'm going to do is um, at the hundredth episode of this, I think I'm going to call that the end of the season. And we will start back up in... Uh, June 19th. June 19th will begin begin uh, season two of uh, the DMF. So you've done a whole season. I, I but I want to I want to hit at least a hundred episodes. I may go over that. I'm not sure. It depends. But I kind of want to do that because I want to you know retool and think things through and figure out how can we make this better. I am working on a song, an opening song. I came up with a little jingle. I gotta record it, but it, I think it'll be cool. It's a nice little catchy song. It's got a nice little carnival vibe to it, and I think it'll be fun for people to hear. Um, but 
yeah, this has been just a whirlwind week and I'm kind of happy that it's over in some ways because it's like, okay, finally I can, you know, put things into perspective. But having to do everything on all at once was hard. And um, I'm glad that we delayed filming because it would have been just, whew, what a brutal time to do, you know, this play, you know, this play. And this play was like 40 minutes out of Charlotte. So I had to, you know, get in the car, drive 45, 40 minutes, you know, get there, you know, prepare, you know, wait, you know, now the next performances um, are in a different location. It's a little closer. So that's nice. And I've got my whole family coming. So let's hope that we don't get rained out because if it rains, there's absolutely nothing we can do. But I was happy what I set out to do. Um, as I said, there were no books this week. The books will resume uh, next week. There's, I'll have some time to read some books. This, you know, just been like one thing after. And these past two weeks have just been, wow. I'm like, finally, at least it's it's done. It's in the books. Um, and then it's just been one thing after another, one thing after another, but now I'm able to put things into perspective, and we'll be back to normal, and I was able to get some things done, so that's it, so that's about it for the little intro here, and what I've got to say about that, and uh, when we come back, I'm going to talk about Tomcats. Tomcats, directed by George Poirier, starring Jerry O'Connell, Shannon Elizabeth, Jake Busey, Horatio Sands, Jamie Presley, and the music was done by David uh, Kitte. I, I can't even. I can't even. I can't even read what I wrote. How awful is that? Let's see here. Yeah, I was right, David Kitte. <laughs> I couldn't tell if I wrote an A there or not. Now, you're probably thinking, why would I pick a movie like this? Let me explain. Now, you have to understand, at this point in time, in 1999, after the success of American Pie, you had all these gross-out comedy, you know, teen, not necessarily teen comedy, but young adult films. Then you had Road Trip, and you had Tomcats, and this, and they were all trying to capitalize on that vibe of a movie. I mean, look, Shannon Elizabeth is in this. This was kind of her, here she is kind of getting more of a starring role here. And now this movie did not do well at all. I don't believe it did. It really was not. And it, it didn't do well in, in critics. It didn't make a lot of money. It just was kind of out there. But I always liked this movie. And I, I don't know why. Um, one of the things I've always liked um, is probably my first introduction of Bill Maher. Bill Maher plays like a um, Las Vegas mogul guy who's basically taking, you know, who Jerry O'Connell has to get money, give money to, because he, in Vegas, he ends up um, spending $50,000 and uh, losing $50,000 in uh, Vegas in craps game. And so he has to get that money back. And they they did a bet where um, whoever 
didn't get whoever was the last to not get married in the group got the whole pot and it's like over like a hundred thousand dollars or whatever so he needs that money so he's got to convince so he finds shan elizabeth's character and she's got to convince jake Busey so that you know he can get that money and you know then he ends up falling in love with shan elizabeth's character you know it's pretty typical but um I always found it funny. I love Horatio Sands. Uh, Jamie Presley's good in it. Jake Busey. I mean, he's, you know, Gary Busey's son. Uh, Shannon Elizabeth, she's great. And, you know, what she needs to be in this. Uh, Jerry O'Connell's very likable. Um, George Poirier, who, um, he's worked on a lot of uh, scripts. He's not necessarily done a lot of directing. I think this is kind of the end of his... Uh, directing of things um he created a series called the missing with ashley judd that only lasted for one season in 2012 um he wrote the screenplay for c spot run uh that's an awful movie uh he wrote the sing screenplay for rosewood you know he's um he's from hawaii um seems like a nice guy but um I wouldn't say this is necessarily a great film, but it has a nostalgia uh, feeling for me because I saw it when I was young and always liked it. No one else has really liked it, but um, I like the, I, I gotta be honest with you, I like the cinematography in it. Uh, Charles Minsky does the, uh, does the cinematography in it. Uh, he did uh, Pretty Woman, uh, New Year's Eve, so he's basically um, one of, um, He's one of Gary Marshall's guys, I guess you could say. Dutch, Kazam, Welcome to Collinwood, the producers. But the way he shot it, you know, he could have, you know, these low, you know, Dutch angles at times. And he plays around with a lot of, you know, color and stuff. You know, there's part where they're at a sperm bank and the sperm bank could just be, you know, a regular doctor's office. Instead, it's like this lit interesting blue colors I, I, I was kind of shocked with some of the colors that they used i mean that's one of the things watching it again with you know the cinematic eye that i have is i noticed just you know the colors he used um the music is your typical you know let's you know highlight these moments here um the offspring does the uh, opening track so I, you know, I love the Offspring and their band that you know became popular in you know the mid '90s, and kind of peaked in the early 2000s, and then they kind of were never heard from again. But they do um, that, and so it's basically you know your rom com with you know the gross out humor. Um, but I liked it. I, you know, I like Bill Maher in it. <laughs> He's funny in it. He plays a guy named Carlos one point he's like i'm a cartoonist I, you know i i do the sunday morning of uh, garfield and and bill maher's character is like oh well, you know what well we're um you know vegas type where we'll you know leave you in the desert and you know he's really you know he's basically just bill maher playing bill maher but um i if i ever meet bill maher i would love to ask him it's like how did that cameo come about i really would love to know how that came about it's just funny to see him playing that character. Um, but um, I've always liked this movie. 
it's you know it's got some nice funny jokes in there some people are gonna like it you know some people say it's kind of trading off of american pie i get that it's not everybody's cup of tea but you know this was kind of horatio sands trying to you know i think yeah he was already off of he was really already on um yeah, 1998 is when he started in SNL. So this was his kind of way to, you know, break out. You know, all the SNL guys were trying to have that Adam Sandler moment. The only one that really was successful was Will Ferrell. Um, but I've got to say, I, I've, I've always liked Tomcats. You know, I, I've always found it funny. You know, it's not too long, an hour and 35 minutes. And it's, you know, tells its little story and... I, I really like the cinematography in it, and uh, it's funny and it's easy to watch. And you know, I thought Shannon Elizabeth and Tom and Jerry O'Connell had really good chemistry. Ratio Sands is funny in it. Jamie Presley is uh, cool as the as the wife of Ratio Sands, who you know he's trying to figure out is she cheating on him or not. Uh, Jake Busey's like the kind of guy that you, you know, basically wants to just sleep with every woman in the world. And they actually do a little joke on that where Jerry O'Connell's like, you know, sleeping with woman. And he's like, oh, you got to be careful. I'm next. If you're going to, you, you, you got to wait for me. I'm, I'm next, you know, hurry up. You've, if you're going to sleep with every woman in the world. <laughs> um, but it's funny, you know, Jerry Connell, you know, makes this work and, I really like Tomcats. Um, I, I know some people are going to be like, why are you picking that? But I liked it. And I, I waited. It was on Cinemax for the longest time. And it finally came to HBO. I was like, I'm so excited to watch this movie again. And it, it still holds up pretty well. You know, it's, I'm not expecting much. And uh, the cinematography kind of jumped out at me. I was like, wow. Actually trying different things. And the lighting. The lighting was really well done. So... I like it. Um, I'm not going to go into spoilers here because it's pretty cut and dry. But, you know, go watch it. It's a good movie. I like it. The Nevers, episode three. I've got to say, um, I was about ready to just kind of call this a pedestrian episode, but the ending is amazing. So I would recommend this, um, and now I'm going to get into spoilers, because there's no other way to talk about this show without going into spoilers, so five seconds. Okay, you've been warned. Um, so, wow. This one had me bawling. What happens to Mary is so sad because Mary gets killed. She, they finally get her to sing her song, and then she gets shot and just obliterated by that, you know, guy with the the gun. And it's it's so sad. I was crying so hard when I saw it that she died. And you know, poor. Um, Amalia, she's just trying so hard to, you know, keep everything together. And we saw at the end that, you know, her song did work. So Barry did not die in vain, but it's so sad. And we saw all the people that, you know, they had the chance to recruit now. Um, we saw that, um, what's her name, was not dead. And that um, 
the doctor of the net, you know, of the touched basically kind of help them around. Um, Amalia gets in the big fight with, um, with the big guy who can basically walk on water and she's able to kill him. Really good uh, pacing of action. Uh, we get to see Nick Frost's character. You know, he's onto it. They're all kind of, you know, on this collision course. Um, you see the two guys who, you know, kind of almost open up a brothel for the touched. Um, but I like the... And we saw Mary with um, the inspector there. And the inspector, you know, he shoots the guy that kills Mary. I was such a, you know, all the pieces are coming together. This is a show where, you know, I, I feel like this is a show that's in the same realm as Westworld. And I think if they continue to do well, it could be even as good as um, Game of Thrones. But, you know, early Game of Thrones. But we'll have to see. We'll have to see on that. But I'm really enjoying the Nevers. I, I like this is so cool. It feels it has that X Men feel, but it's better in some ways. And just that heart wrenching moment when Mary gets killed. That was I did not see that coming, and that was sad. But she was one of my favorite characters and such a good hearted person. And now she she dies for the cause. So I gotta imagine the next episode is gonna be aftermath of that and the touched what they're going to do um they also got that wow they also interrogated this one woman who you know basically hates the touched and you know find out what she knows or what she's been telling them and hugo swan is auditioning you know new acts and <laughs> the ferryman's club is basically becoming a a thing. And Augie is, you know, kind of, yeah. And it was a, it was a really good, uh, it was a really good episode. And that ending, wow. I, I can't say enough about it. I still kind of cry just thinking about it. But all these characters are kind of like, they get into it. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens next week. And uh, when we come back, I'll talk about politics. Let's talk a little bit about politics. I was going to talk about the Palestinians and the Israel situation, but I don't really feel like I'm qualified to discuss this in any terms. So I don't really want to talk about this subject because so I don't know enough. I'm trying to find out what I can, but I, I think it just comes off as, as me just trying to put out content. And I don't want to just put out content if I don't feel like it actually means anything. So I don't know what to say exactly about that. So I'm just going to kind of leave that to other people to talk about because I don't I don't know. I don't feel qualified to, to talk about it. I need more. As, as I've said, and I've, this is like the fourth time I've recorded this. <laughs> uh, every time I've talked about it, I've just 
world. And then like, it doesn't sound like anything. It doesn't sound like I have anything to say about it. So that that is substantial or that you don't already know. Um, the one thing I will say about this, though, is that, you know, it seems like mainstream media has taken Israel's side. And then there are people like Ali Velshi on uh, MSNBC who have actually, you know, said that, you know, the Palestinians have a right to defend themselves. So it's it's interesting because in this country we've kind of taken Israel's side and we don't see the Palestinian side. So that's the one thing I will leave you with thought on and how to um, see this situation. Um, the other thing I'd like to talk about is uh, it looks like there was a poll in America. Most of Americans are in favor of higher taxes on the wealthy. So we shall see where that goes. Let's talk about South Carolina and how they want to get rid of lethal injection and instead do firing squad or electric chair. To me, that sounds barbaric. I don't know why we're going to that level of violence, but that's where we are. And then I read somewhere that 5% of people that are killed on death row actually are innocent. So to me, that shows we shouldn't be doing death row. We shouldn't be killing anyone. If we want to put somebody away forever, then that's fine. But taking another life, it just seems, to me, it seems so barbaric. It seems like we're so past that, but some of us aren't. Some of us want to always react with violence, so I don't know what to say. But firing squad or electric chair, what's next, hanging? I mean, it just sounds so, um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know why the United States is particularly um, partaking in barbarism. I thought, as I said, I thought we were past this, but apparently we're not. So that's something to know. And then... Um, the other thing that happened while I was gone is Liz Cheney has been taken away. Her power has been removed in the Republican Party. She was like the number two or three person in the House of Representatives, and now she is no longer that. And it looks like her seat is in danger of uh, being lost by another Republican. If, because she does not want to support the... Um, the Republican um, idea that, you know, Trump had done nothing wrong and that this did not incite violence. So it's kind of sad. It's, it's, it's almost this gang mentality where you must believe it. Actually, it's not even gang mentality. It's dogma. It's almost like doctrine. It's like religion. You must believe what we believe or we do not want you on our side. That's not the way politics is supposed to be run, but that seems to be where we are. And uh, it's, it's, quite un it's quite sad. Um, now, I'm not going to say I'm a fan of uh, Liz Cheney's politics, but, you know, this is where it's come to. And I, and I do have to say this, you know, she, she's saying, like, she's going to do everything to stop Trump from running again. Um, where was she when he was doing all the things before? She didn't, none of them lifted a finger then. So now because it's a problem with them. So it looks like there's kind of a civil war in uh, the Republican Party, just like there's kind of a civil war in the uh, Democratic Party, but it, the Democratic Party, it looks like a lot of the people on the left are just bending their knee to the center. So that's where we're at. And now let's end on a positive note because I don't want to end on a negative note. Let's end on a positive note. So I've got a nice little quote for us from a wonderful woman. I had it all ready and then it like just escapes me. Where is it? 
so sad. You have you have something ready, and then all of a sudden, it just like technology doesn't um, doesn't help me. Let's see. Why isn't it oh, there? It is okay. Uh, yeah, I had it right here. I had it highlighted and everything. So here we are. Embrace what you don't know, especially in the beginning, because what you don't know can become your greatest asset. It ensures that you will absolutely be doing things different from everybody else. Let me repeat that. Embrace what you don't know, especially in the beginning, because what you don't know can become your greatest asset. It ensures that you will absolutely be doing things different from everybody else. And that is from Sarah Blakely, founder of Spanx. And I think that's a great thing to say because it's like, you know, you think you don't, you can start something and you may not know as much as the next guy. But here's what you do have. You're going to see it from a different point of view than everybody else that has been just doing it over and over again. Steve Jobs was very much like that. They would ask him, they'd say, well, he, he would ask the question, well, why are we doing that? Well, that's just the way it's always been done. It's like, nope, we're going to do it different. And I think that's the, the way it is because, I mean, let's think about that three things. You know, you can be different, you can be first, or you can be better. I think it's good to try and be all three. But this is um, this is great thing for all of us who are trying new things. We might not know anything, but we're going to come at it from a different point of view. And that is an asset because it is unique. And uniqueness is something that can't be taught. And with that, I want to say thank you for listening. As always, you can find me at Justin Yance, and I will see you next time on the DMF. <laughs>